0: Seconds. One time for the underdog, One time for the underdog. ignition sequence start. Let me see you put, em up. put them up, reach the sky, touch the stars, up above, cause it's one time for the underdog, one time for the underdog. I'm Patrick Bedevi, a host of Valuetainment, and today I'm going to talk about an experience I had at the early stages of building my business that I had never experienced before, and that was anxiety attacks and panic attacks. So many times as a CEO, I run a business, where I have uh, many, many employees and many agents and I have responsibilities with different carriers and companies such as AIGs and nationwides and big insurance companies and you know, uh, re- relationship with my family, my kids, my friends, uh, my commitments to the community, different things that I have to do. And uh, this is a very difficult subject to talk about sometimes because, you know, as CEOs, you, you don't see a lot of times CEOs talk about this and entrepreneurs talk about this because in private settings, when we're together, 5, 10, 15 of us, and we're, talk- we're openly talking about because it it's very normal. Um, but sometimes um, other people who see CEOs, CEOs feel like they have to live this perfect life and this perfect thing that everybody, you stay positive and you go out there and do this and you do that and all this stuff that everybody knows how to do that. We don't talk about the real life and real things that a CEO struggles with, and that doesn't inspire other people to do it, because I want to tell you about some of the things I've struggled with, with anxiety attacks and panic attacks. So uh, uh, you'll see how that's affected me and what I did about it. So I remember when I lived in Iran, I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of uncertainty. My father never let me go play outside because you didn't trust your kids to be outside, because there was a lot of kidnapping and different things that was happening. So you know, that had me grown up in an environment with a certain level of confinement from parents to protect you because you didn't want to see anything bad happen. And then from there, many dies. We go to Germany. We're living in a refugee camp. And I remember when I was 11 years old in Germany, and I didn't speak German, and I, I uh, got into a fight with a, uh, with a group of kids at this refugee camp, and I had a hard time making friends in Germany. And so I am from Iran. In Germany, I experience a little bit of discrimination because I'm from Iran and what are you doing coming to Germany and why are you here? Go back to your own country. And I had an anxiety attack and had all this anxiety because I didn't know how to make friends with the people that I'm not accepted at. And my father's not there. My father's in Iran and and uh, he's trying to come to U.S. so we can all meet in U.S. And my family goes through a divorce. These are many things that people go through. That was my life. And eventually, November 20th, we come to the States and then I'm over here. And, um, I go to school after school, I joined the army. And in the first week of joining army, um, you know, you have a lot of different pressures. And I remember one time, uh, 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 I was, you know, had this pressure of not wanting to, uh, uh, come back to the, to, to where I'm from. And I had to graduate from the army. And one day we had to dig foxholes and I dug two foxholes. You're only supposed to do one. And the foxhole is six feet by six feet by three feet wide. And, uh. You know, we were trying to meet a commitment and a deadline that we had to get this thing going because if you don't do it on time, if you're in war and you're going to have this and all this stuff and, and then, and I had an anxiety attack and I went to the hospital and in the hospital, um, my temperature was 104 and a and I had lost 20 pounds in a span of a week and they put two IVs in me and the doctor said, it's not a big deal. It's just you pushed a little harder. And this is very, way, this is your body's way of saying you, Push the limits. So, okay, great. So came back and went into the army. And later on, it happened again um, at twenty-four years old with my father. And I didn't really know what was going on with my body because I couldn't breathe. And at that time I was in a lot of debt and financial turmoil. And my dad's at the hospital and my mother's back in Iran. And my sister's trying to get married. And my family's going through struggles financially. And I'm going through so all of this adds up. And then as a CEO, I become a CEO. And I'm running a company and I'm, when I'm running a company, competitors every day are telling me I can't do it. And they're calling my staff and my agents and telling them your CEO is not capable of doing this and, and calling carriers and trying to badmouth us and all this stuff that's going on. It's a typical part of a competitive environment. And, uh, you know, one day I'm on a three week tour and I come back from the three week tour. And when I come back from the tour, um, that night I go to a meeting and, I stayed at the meeting till midnight, and then I come back home, and I had so many things on my mind. My wife is pregnant, and I have some issues going on with a uh, uh, in, in our company, and then I had some issues going on with some uh, relationships with uh, business uh, people, and then I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get this other project going. I'm writing a book that's got me to do some research late at night, and I'm going on four hours of sleep, and I'm really pushing it, and I'm you know, going both ends, you know, and, and one night that night I came home, it was 12 o'clock at night, one o'clock at night, I couldn't stop breathing. And next thing you know, I have a panic attack and hosp, you know, ambulance comes, my father comes two o'clock in the morning, ambulance comes, checks me out. I get in the ambulance in our community. I go to the hospital. And uh, when I go to the hospital, the doctor says, you had a panic attack. It's very normal. And why is it very normal? Well, what did you do? You know, you're, when you're pushing everything you got, sometimes this is your body of saying, slow down a little bit, right? Okay, great. So I was 33, 34 at the time. I said, I am going to study the subject of anxiety attacks and panic attacks to understand why this happens because it happened to so many of my family members and friends and many times were embarrassed to talk about it. Um, so listen, if today's message helps you uh, on, on how you deal, and if, even if one person gets something out of this message here, it did its purpose right, and I think more entrepreneurs need to talk about this. I think more entrepreneur magazines and blogs need to talk about this, because there are a lot of people that deal with this uh, in their everyday business, and the more we know how to cope with it, and even today, nowadays, it's not just entrepreneurs. I had a call I got from a friend of mine. His 15-year-old daughter was going through some issues, and she wanted to take her life away. Why? Well, because today's pressures of kids living with social media, Instagram, sexting, texting, Facebook, all of these things that they're dealing with, it's a lot more than it's ever been before. And if we don't openly talk about it, I think that's worse than you know trying to hold it together because I believe there's one thing worse than exploding, and that's imploding. Uh, imploding is you're holding it, holding it, holding it, holding it, holding it, and then boom! You have no idea what happens with your body. Exploding time to time is, here's how I feel, here's how I feel, here's how I feel, here's how I feel, then you're releasing it and feeling good about it and you move on. So, you know, anxiety is not something that's a new thing. You know, there's a lot of books here with a lot of people who have been struggling with anxiety, Kennedys, Lincolns, uh, 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 um, Jacksons, the list is long on high profile people, jobs, David Beckham, athletes. This is what Lincoln said. Many, many years ago, Lincoln was known for having anxiety attacks. Lincoln once said uh, about what happened with him in anxiety attacks, he said, we live in the midst of alarms. Anxiety beclouds the future. We expect some new disaster with each newspaper we read. Newspaper. When's the last time you and I even paid attention to the newspaper? Everything we get with news nowadays... It's within the second, everything. We look at everything through Facebook, Twitter. When somebody passes away, we hear about it through Twitter. When something, something crisis happens, an earthquake, a flood, something major, it's instant, instant. Our phone notification, boom, this is what happened. Notification, boom, this is what happened. Notification, boom, this is what happened. And we're doing our work. We're doing what we're doing. And then, boom, that adds anxiety. That adds anxiety. That adds anxiety. That adds anxiety. And we're trying to get everything done. So how do you live and lead and build in a world where so many things are going on simultaneously, that's what we're going to talk about today. And the good news is this. There is a formula to all of this. There is a formula to our, all of this as long as you become aware of it. Okay, so let me start off with the first thing. Let me start off with the first thing I want to talk to you about. The 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 difference between um, uh, being depressed and being bitter versus being anxious and having panic attacks. Panic attack is a... Uh, a byproduct of anxiety attacks, and so on one side, you have panic attacks and anxiety attacks. On the other side, you have constant state of depression and constant state of bitterness. Very simple formula. When you're bitter and you're depressed, your mind is thinking about the past. When you're anxious and you're having anxiety, your mind is thinking about the future. So anytime you're going through these two states, it's important for you to remind yourself to say, okay. I can't do nothing about the past. I cannot do nothing about that. That person said they were right and I told you so and they're right. Maybe you were wrong and you're constantly thinking about replaying that in your mind and that's creating to be, to be depressed. So your challenge is not anxiety. Your challenge is depression. Well, you need to get out of that state because you can't do nothing about it or you're spending too much time in the future anxiety. So when you identify this, it's trying to bring yourself back in the middle. And say the only thing I can control right now is this. And this is what I'm going to try to control. So. And and understanding that part and balancing it is one thing, but the other side is also knowing the difference between fear and anxiety, because fear and anxiety, the only difference between fear and anxiety is the timeline and the lifespan, because fear is sudden. It comes, it goes. Anxiety has a longer lifespan. I'll explain. Um, I'm afraid. I heard something downstairs. What is it? Let me go downstairs to see what it is. Maybe someone's trying to open a door, and you're tense, you go downstairs, it's your dog, okay? Boom, 22 seconds, fear is gone. Anxiety. Oh, my God, my baby is doing six months. How am I going to handle this baby? I've never been a father before. Somebody told me I'll never be a good father. I don't know what a kid is. Oh, my God, there's no, what book do I read? What if I can't afford it? It's going to be expensive. Now I'm not going to gonna Okay, that's future, future, future. Anxiety. Fear, anxiety. There's a big difference between both, and it's simply a lifespan. Now... Uh, uh, anxiety is actually a part of our body. So anytime we are anxious or we're afraid, our body produces adrenaline as a way to solve that issue. So adrenaline, you're in a situation where you're going to get into a fight with somebody, all of a sudden your energy is low, boom, adrenaline, you're ready to fight because there's danger. Somebody's fighting, your body produces adrenaline to be ready for that. You're, there's war, there's attack, boom, your body produces adrenaline on how to solve that situation, right? But anxiety attacks is like an alarm clock. It's like an alarm uh, fire alarm. Some fire alarms are more sensitive than others. Some people, the slightest little thing gets them to go into the state, and you got to control the knob of how sensitive your fire alarm is. When you're thinking you're afraid, when you're thinking you're having an anxiety attack, it's really not that big of a deal. Lower the You know intensity of how sensitive your fire alarm is. So now, all that stuff being said and done, I want to talk to you about what are some of the symptoms of actual anxiety attacks and anxiety disorders. So let's talk about the general symptoms of anxiety, okay? Number one is a challenge with sleeping, okay? When you're anxious, you can't go to sleep because your brain has gone all over the place and if you don't let your imagination, because typically people who have more anxiety attacks and more anxiety. They have a imagination bigger than the average mind because it just goes places, right? So challenge sleeping because your brain is going all over the place, you're thinking about so many different things. Two, irrational fears. Everybody's got fears, you know, spider, snake, dark, height, but irrational fears that are non-existent, that's that's gonna give you anxiety. Three, muscle tension uh, is a symptom of anxiety. Four is chronic indigestion. IBS, you've heard of it, Irritable Bowel Syndrome. That's part of uh, uh, symptoms. Five-stage fright, if you have to speak on stage and all of a sudden you're having too much anxiety because you're afraid of speaking in front of everybody, again, because of what other people think. It's part of it. Six, panic attacks. Panic attacks feel like a heart attack, but it's not a heart attack. Shortness of breath, sweating, your hands are going to sweat, shaking, a possible uh, uh, shakiness, you may feel like you're having a seizure, chest pain, stomach pain, fainting. All a part of it, and a lot of anxiety could lead to panic if you don't control your imagination. Uh, flashbacks, if you're constantly reliving embarrassing moment of your life or things that you did that mess with your mind. I was watching a video the other day the dunk that Vince Carter dunked on a seven-foot-two-inch guy, and this seven-foot-two-inch guy had the opportunity to come and play in the NBA. In the Olympics, Vince Carter, 6'6", jumps over a seven-foot-two guy. Well. He got the offer to come to the NBA. The only reason he didn't accept it is because he was so embarrassed that it was the most viewed dunk of all time. That he didn't want to come play in the NBA. Till today, he struggles with it. Um, this guy, because it was an embarrassing moment. He kept playing, replaying, uh, reliving in his mind. That's going to create anxiety. Number eight, compulsive behavior, uh, feeling like you have to be perfect. That's going to create anxiety. Your family made you know. Maybe you had a military father that was. You have to be perfect. Everything's got to be perfect. That's going to create anxiety. Compulsive disorders, thinking they have to do everything right, that'll create anxiety. Self-doubt, a little bit of doubt is healthy because you want to prove to yourself that you can overcome it, but a constant self-doubt, it's going to create a lot of anxiety for you as well. So how to fight off anxiety? Okay, um, very simple. Always, if, if you're having anxiety and it's a real symptom of anxiety, you always, the breathing, go back to trying to breathe the way you sleep. Because the best state of uh, of breathing we do is when we're sleeping and we're the calmest, we're breathing. Right? That's the way you breathe when you sleep. Try to breathe like that and it generally works. Two, accept that you're having a little bit of anxiety. It's okay. You're having anxiety. Process it. Am I thinking about the past? No, that's depression. I'm not being depressed right now. I'm not bitter right now. I'm anxious right now because I'm thinking about the future. Can I do anything about it right now? No, come present. Good, accept it. Three, uh, your brain, if you allow your brain, your brain will 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 play tricks on you regularly. Okay? But remember, you're in charge of your brain. So let me give you an analogy. Let's just say a dog. I have two dogs. So you walk your dogs on a leash. And generally, where you don't want your dogs to pee, you can pull the leash, and they won't pee when they raise their leg. Take them to the next place, next place, next place. You pick and choose. Here's okay. And they go pee. In your own brain, you can pull that places your brain goes because there's one person that's the captain under your brain, and that's you. You dictate where your brain needs to go. Change it up very quickly. Change your state. You leave that place, and you forget about it. And literally, within thirty seconds, you forgot what you were worried about and being anxious about. And the last one is self-questioning. Actually, when it's happening, asking, "Why am I having an anxiety? Why am I have? Why is this anxiety being created right now? Why am I thinking like this? Why is this taking place?" And as you go through it, you say, "Oh, okay. This is not a big deal. It's fine. I'm going to be okay." Uh, and you move on and you when you do do that, it's almost like graduating that state of anxiety and you feel incredible about it because you can do that same exercise again. So a few basic things to help with anxiety as well as this. Um, one, I said already, focus on the present. Two, do something that's a routine. Go cook something, you know, go make a puzzle. Go something that's a routine. Uh, way of doing something, laundry, if you have a routine on how you do laundry, it gets your brain to do a routine so you don't think about it. Next one is exercise. There's nothing better to release anxiety than to exercise and a constant. Those who are continuously exercising, that fear, that anxiousness, all leaves you when you exercise because your body's moving. If you're in a place that you can't go straight to the gym, go walk the stairs, go uh, uh, speed walk, go do something where your body's moving. And that anxiety will typically go away. And communicate your feelings. Sometimes uh, not talking about it with somebody else is one of the biggest ways to continue that state is you hold it. That's the imploding part. Talk about it with somebody. Talk about it with a peer. If you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're not comfortable sharing it with somebody else, find a peer that's also an entrepreneur that... It has been through as well. Talk to me. He'll generally tell, oh my God, I can't believe you're telling me this. It's happened to me as well. You're kidding me. No. How do you overcome this? Oh, you're an athlete. Oh, this is normal. It happens. How do you deal with this? Oh my God, this is... Okay, so these are some of the things you communicate with a spouse, communicate with a friend. Um, and if your kids or family or somebody else that's going through this and you don't communicate that with them, they're in that state, you'll ask yourself, Why is that person so anxious, depressed? It's probably because they're going through a certain process that causes them to have anxiety, you can actually help them uh, process that uh, with them. Okay, so what intensifies anxiety attacks? Your anger. Your anger will intensify your anxiety. Uh, so anger is fuel to anxiety. If you control, uh, uh, if you allow your anger to get out of control, your anxiety goes even higher levels. So uh, anger is generally uh, stemmed from us uh, uh Telling the world that I have a problem that I don't think I can solve—that's what a, 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 the feeling and emotion of anger really is. I'm having a problem. I don't know how to solve it. I'm so ticked off right now. Pa, 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 pa. Okay, it's learning how to uh, take that same passion, that anger that you have, instead of into feeling like you can't solve it. Try to come up with a solution, and it goes away. Short life, short sentence, short lifespan. It has. If you can find and use that same energy of anger to solve it instead of staying into it that as if you cannot solve it. That's all it means. Next time you're angry, why am I angry? It's because I'm trying to tell the world that I have a problem I can't solve. Yes, I can. Stay present. Can I solve it? Great. It moves on. So, um, same thing with anger, some basic things of breathing, taking the time out, do not bottle up your feelings, um, uh, accept the responsibility, do not blame. A lot of time when a bad relationship or bad business relationship or bad breakup or Something happens that you're upset at the other person on what they did. You can't really control anything on that. I can take responsibility and see on what I can do better. And that's all I can control. I can't get angry over them because they don't want to change maybe. And that's okay. It's not on me. Maybe I didn't do something that was right. And I can work on it. Take responsibility. Grudges. Probably one of the worst things we can do. It happens in family, friendships, business, relationships. Cold shoulder. I'm just not going to talk to him. I'm not going to call him back. I'm not going to do this. We hold this grudge. Grudges hurt you more than anything else. You've heard the, the, the thing before, you know, holding a grudge is kind of like you're holding on to coal. It's on fire and you don't throw it away. You hold on to it and you're really the one burning. You know, it's letting go of grudges is a big part of anxiety. Uh, laughing it off and, and accepting it and trying to laugh off at your own, uh, uh, uh craziness and your own madness. It, it's actually so effective, uh, when you do that, um, Obviously, exercising, again, meditate, meditating and praying is very, very effective. Quiet moment, pray, meditate. It's incredibly effective uh, when you do that. So now, uh, next thing on how to stop uh, anxieties from leading into a panic attack. Very basic. Stop believing your brain all the time. Okay? Your brain is not right all the time. They say, listen to your heart, not your brain. Your brain can really mess with you. If you listen to your brain all the time, okay? So a, a few things with panic attack has to do with your diet. And your diet is uh, avoiding the following. Alcohol, nicotine, and coffee can create anxiety because you're just so bottled up and you're so wired up. And if you do too much of that, you generally ever see somebody that drinks a lot of coffee, they're just so wired. Well, that's, that's anxiety right there. And anything is just going to make it a bigger deal than it really is. If you can avoid it, you can avoid it. I'm not a big fan of coffee. My my staff and my teammates will tell you I'm insane. I'm crazy, but I'm not a big fan of coffee. My wife thinks I'm nuts, but I I don't drink coffee because it it amps me up even to a whole different level. So if you can avoid those things, uh, that can that can also be a part to minimize uh, situations for anger. Exercise again is a part of it. Uh, how you recommend meeting with a dietitian or a nutritionist, someone that knows what they're doing to find out with your blood type to recommend things that you ought to eat and you shouldn't eat. It's very easy to do that. You pay somebody $100, $200 and they'll, they'll put that together for you. They'll take your blood type. It's a very good thing to do. If you meet with a dietitian, you can always find a good one around. Next one that has to do with anxiety and anger is overcoming guilt. So let's talk about overcoming guilt. I can't tell you how many uh, of friends and family members I know that had to overcome this, and some that took 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and it, it, guilt doesn't allow to live a happy life. The sooner you can identify and overcome guilt, the sooner you can live a happy life. Okay. All of these are part of life, but entrepreneurs experience this more because anxiety typically happens to people that are in more pressure type situations, military, athletes, TV, media, politics, and a debate, entrepreneur, business owner. And let me explain something to you. The, the more you want to experience the higher level of competition, the more of a likelihood there is that there's a possibility of having anxiety. So some people tell you, right, that's exactly why I don't want to be an entrepreneur, an athlete, a military, and blah, 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 blah. blah. That's fine. I, I want to get the juice of life. And sometimes the juice of life means putting yourself in situations that you need to learn how to cope with yourself. And if you do that, that's what leads to becoming a leader. Remember at the beginning of the video... I have not yet met a strong man or a woman without an easy past, with an easy past, because they don't go together. Um, your body needs to be torn to become a stronger muscle. That's the same thing with a leader and an entrepreneur. The bigger the empire you want to build, sometimes you need to go through that, the ripping of the muscle, the ripping of the mind, the ripping of a new mindset that you got to go through to reach those new heights. So overcoming guilt. Uh, guilt is a crippling and it is important emotion of human body too. One, understand why you're guilty, two, acknowledge your guilt, three, empathize, because empathy is the greatest human nature and human emotion and, uh, uh, you know, when you understand someone else's pain, you are truly on the path to forgiveness. So you got to empathize and why is that person feeling that way? Why did that person do this? Why is that person, if I was in that situation, how would I act and why is that person thinking? Why did that person do this? So empathize. Then it's circumstances matter. No one. This is the one part. You know how we uh, 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 we all do it. You know we watch a sport game, and so if I was LeBron James, I would have done this. If I was Kobe Bryant, if I was, you know, if I was the president, if I was this, if I was that, and if I was this actor, I would have never. We like to do this. If I was, I would do this. Listen. No one, and I mean no one, knows every single detail to any decision any human being ever makes. No one ever does. We all want to say that we would do something different. We're all guilty of it. But to overcome guilt, you kind of need to you know, see what you could do and maybe try to have as much information about why the decision that was made by that person. But circumstances matter. So you can't sit there and say, here's what that person should have done, right? Uh, Next, learn from your mistakes. Easy. Everybody's going to make them. Learn from them. Six, change human... Beings are capable of change, but it comes only with extreme dedication. Um, be nicer. Be transparent. Next, acknowledge toxic relationships. Um, it's it's tough to let go of toxic relationships because sometimes those people are your cousins and they're your friends of 10, 15, 20 years. And, um, we feel guilty if we have to let go of a toxic relationship with a person that's always negative around us and doesn't believe in you and constantly bashes you and constantly re-reminds you of things that you did in the past that were bad. And you can't be an entrepreneur. You can't run a business. You can't go out there and look for me like, you don't have a degree, Patrick. You can't go work for Morgan Stanley. You don't know what it is to take your license. You went to the military because you weren't that smart. You're not the brightest. That whole thing that's toxic, those relationships need to... Be set aside, and you can revisit it five, ten years later. And if they work on it, great. If they don't, maybe there's time for a new relationship that is going to appear in your life. But you got to be strong enough to let go of those relationships to move on. Uh, eight, forgive yourself first, then you'll forgive other people. The hardest person to ever forgive is yourself. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people I meet, and they don't want to give it everything they got. And I said, what is it? There's something you're dealing with inside, you're bottling up. You got to forgive yourself. And the last one is obviously let it go uh, 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 the, the famous song, uh, 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 from, uh, 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 is it frozen? Is it frozen? that says, let it go. I have, I've listened to that song so many, I can't even tell you. Went to a, a kid's birthday the other day. Kid is a year old and my son was a year and a half at that time. He thinks, uh, what's the, fro- for the uh, character's names. What's the character's name from Olaf, Olaf and the girl's name is what well. What's the girl's name? Elsa. Uh, Elsa. He thought Elsa was there to visit him. You know, and we had to listen to let it go a million times that night. And I walked away that night saying, Patrick, you just got to let it go you know, from watching Frozen. Anyways, you got to let it go. Okay, so last one, power, power to change. I did a video on how to create a habit. And uh, um, there's a formula on how to create new habits and how to get rid of bad habits. Link is on the bottom. If you haven't seen it, go watch that episode as well because it has a lot to do with this on learning how to create new habits. But the power to change, our brain hates change. Remember, the brain doesn't like change. Uh, They make sure it remains the same and stays comfortable. It's on you, the programmer of the brain, to make that change. If you, the programmer, doesn't do it, it won't change. But you're in charge of the programming. So the power of change, one, understand the need to change, two, condition your brain on how to change, three, expect friction. Your brain is going to fight you on the new change that you're trying to make, four, do not expect results overnight. It will not happen overnight. Five, be realistic. Six, have a certain time limit. Seven, get comfortable, meaning staying in your comfort zone will never allow you to realize your change. So get uncomfortable is is the word. Get uncomfortable. It's gonna be difficult at times when you're going through it. Eight, keep yourself motivated. And nine, adapt your goals. So to recap today's message on what I Eventually had to do to that helped me out was I was trying to do 20 different projects at the same time. And one of the things that's helped me out tremendously is minimizing all of these multiple activities or projects that I'm working on to lesser things to put my focus on. The fewer things you can put your focus on, the better you do. Meaning, um, I have to worry about my family, okay, my faith, my family, my health, my business, and the the friends that I have that matter to me the most, and that's five things. And stuff that I got to do with hobbies, whatever else it may be, the more I can minimize those things, the better it is. And the more efficient I can be in all areas of my life if I can minimize the projects I'm working on. Uh, you will become more effective the minute more you can minimize the project you're trying to do. So, few books to recommend to you. Age of Anxiety, great book. Zen Golf, uh, very, very good book. This did a very, very good book because golf golfers struggle with anxiety all the time, especially you see what happens to a lot of these golfers when they're in the last. They're about to win the Masters. How many golfers have choked? Symptom, anxiety, normal. This happens to professional athletes, last second. They need to shoot the ball. They don't. Jordan comes back from retirement. He's facing the Orlando Magic. Scottie Pippen says, I cannot believe Jordan gave up the ball. He typically wants to shoot the ball. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, struggled with anxiety. This is a very normal thing that people experience. And the other book I would tell you is, uh, it's called, uh, it's called, uh, Mario, what's the name of the other book? It's called the uh, Panic and Anxiety Relief by Jaden Taylor. Jaden, J-A-Y-D-O-N, Taylor. Great book. Jaden, I wish you would have written it in a print because we would have ordered a thousand of your books, but it's only on ebook on Amazon. They can order it. I highly recommend you order it. I'm going to put the link on the bottom for all these books if you want to find. And, uh, so hopefully this message today helps you realize that even As a CEO with all these other responsibilities, I I have a good marriage. My wife and I have a very good relationship. We're working on bettering our relationship all the time. I work on becoming a better father all the time and spend time with my boys and my family becoming a better brother, a better son, a better friend, a better leader, a better CEO, and also at the same time knowing that you can give everything you got to max out the life that you have, but also at the same time, nobody's perfect. And when life happens all over the place, especially today's world with social media and technology, you need more tools to be able to cope with anxiety, with depression, with bitterness, with panic, with your imagination, with fears, and the moment you have tools, you can be in pressure type situations and knowing, here's how I process it, it becomes automatic and you'll lead better, you'll live better